morning it's going to be a bit of a, a different vibe. Um, because as I'm talking about being broad, I think really being broad is about you and your personal growth. You and your relationship with God. You and your own faith. So this morning it might get a bit personal. I hope that's okay. Um, but the whole point of being broad is to grow in who we are. And broad, it's a bit of an odd, an odd phrase. We don't really use it as a compliment much, you know, you're, you're a broad person. But it is something that we should aspire to be as Christians. To be broad means to be of great extent or to be large. And you know, the broader a tree is, the larger a tree is, the more fruit it produces the more oxygen it gives off, um, the more shelter it provides to different creatures and living things, and just the more life it sustains. And I think that's what we should aspire to be as broad Christians. We should aspire to be people who sustain life, who encourage each other, who take the weight, who give off life and goodness and encourage other people to grow. So when I talk about being broad this morning, that's what I mean by that. So how do we grow broad? Well, let's go right back, back to school, back to biology lessons. What do trees need to grow? Or what do plants need to grow? They need water. They need soil, sun, light. They need carbon dioxide. They need space. And that's what I want to come to this morning. Trees need space if they're going to grow broad. And it seems like an awfully long time ago now, but over the summer, me and my Ro and Rob and my family went um, to Cornwall for a week. Woo! Um, and on our trip there, we went to a cider farm because that's a big thing in Cornwall, cider. Um, and as part of our trip there, we went on a tractor ride, a tractor ride, of uh, the orchards that they had there. And we were trundling along, bouncing along in the back of this tractor. Um, and it showed us some of the new orchards that they had and some of the older established orchards. And like, the audio that was playing this um, track that was telling us what was going on said that they have to space the trees far apart from each other, so many meters apart, so that they have enough space to grow in order to grow big enough to get the most fruit from the trees. And I think a tree's ability to grow is limited by the size and the space in which it has to grow. And I think that's the same for us um, when we're looking at growing broad, the space, sorry, our ability to grow broad and our growth is restricted by the space in which we have to grow. So I wanted to ask you a question just to get things started this morning and I want you to think about it and reflect on it and maybe it's something that you can take into your week. But I want to ask you, what is restricting your growth? In this season of life that you're in right now, in the family that you're in, in the workplace that you're in, in the university that you're in, in this season that you are in, what might be restricting your growth? What might be a barrier between you pushing on and going further and growing broader with God? There may be things that spring to your mind, and I would encourage you to, to think and to answer it for yourself, but just a few suggestions of things that might stop us from growing broad, things that might restrict our growth. Fear and anxiety. You know, we can get a bit scared of change. 
we can get scared of developing ourselves, of growing ourselves, because we know what we are now, and we're quite comfortable with that, even if we don't always like it, we're quite comfortable with who we are. And growing and improving and becoming broader people can be a bit scary. Maybe it's self-doubt. Maybe you have negative thoughts about yourself. Why should I grow? Why should I possibly aspire to be better? I'm not worthy. I don't have the ability to do that. Maybe you might be struggling with sin. Or you might be struggling with shame. And that can act as a barrier to you growing. Or maybe maybe you're a bit apathetic. <laughs> and I didn't just call you pathetic. But maybe you've kind of lost a bit of your drive or a bit of your energy or a bit of your passion for growing in God. Maybe that was once something that you were so passionate about, but then life just gets in the way. Maybe that is what is your barrier this morning. Or possibly the biggest barrier to you growing in your relationship with God might be that you don't actually have a relationship with God yet. And you know, this morning can be your morning to do something about that. Your world might be feeling quite small. You might be feeling quite restricted because actually you've never experienced the freedom that comes of knowing God. And I'm going to come back to that a bit later on, but please bear that in mind. So there are all of these things that can restrict us, that can stop us from pushing on, from growing, from growing broad. But I don't think that's what God's plan is for us. In fact, I'm convinced that God has a different plan for us. And we can see this um, in Psalm, Psalm 18, verse 18 to 19. And this is David who writes this. He said, he rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. God's plan for you is to grow and flourish in a spacious place. And hopefully I've got it in the Passion Translation as well. I love this translation. But verse 19, it says, His love broke open the way and he brought me into a beautiful, broad place. He rescued me because he, his delight is in me. God's desire for you is space. It's a broad place where you are free of restrictions. Space to grow and to flourish and to discover who you are without limits. And I think a real key to growing broad, a real starting point for us to look at growing broad is about experiencing the freedom that God has for us. Because, you know, we sang about it earlier on. When, when Jesus died on the cross, he took our sin with him. He took our shame with him. He took our fear with him. He took every single one of those things that acts as a barrier to the cross with him. And he died with it. But then he showed his authority when he came back to life and when he was resurrected. And we have that same power available in our lives to help us break through those barriers today. And that might sound like maybe a lot of jargon, or maybe you didn't quite get that, but the summary is that Jesus is bigger and stronger and better and more mighty than anything that can possibly stand in the way of our relationship with him. His plan for you is space, and his plan for you is freedom. His love broke open the way, and he brought you out into a beautiful, broad place.
He's rescued you today because his delight is in you. And you know, growing broad in a spacious place, it doesn't mean that we have to be alone or on our own. And I think maybe this is where that tree analogy ends a little bit. We don't have to stand meters away from each other so that we're not cramping each other's style as we're growing. I think we can grow broad together. Um, and this scripture, just want to share John 14. And like I said, Steffi's actually already mentioned this this morning. But it says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust in also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? There is more than enough room in God's house. There is more than enough room here for us to grow shoulder to shoulder, standing next to each other, doing life with each other. There is more than enough room for us to grow. We don't have to compete for light. We don't have to compete for good soil. We don't have to compete for nourishment. We don't have to compete for space, but there is more than enough room for all of us to grow. Within this church, maybe this isn't your home church, maybe you're visiting this morning, but there is enough room for you in the church to grow and to flourish in community with other Christians. So there's, there's a place for you here. And when... When Paul and the core team brought the vision, there was a bit of a tagline for each of the different points, each of the different things. Um, and hopefully I've got it on the screen. The, the tagline for growing broad was that we find our place and learn to grow in our God-given gifts to minister to one another. But just that first part, part of growing broad is finding a place to grow, finding a spacious place to grow. And can I encourage you this morning that that place to grow is in the house of God. So that's like the first part of that tagline. The second part of it is all about our gifts. It says we find our place and we learn to grow in our God-given gifts to minister to one another. And that's what I want to spend kind of the most part of, of this message talking about this morning, is our gifts. But I think before we kind of get into the, the detail, before maybe we go through the list of some of the gifts, before we talk about what the gifts are... I think it's really important for us to have a framework and for us to have an attitude or the right attitude when we're thinking about gifts. And I just want to share 1 Peter 4 verse 10 because I think this gives us such a good framework, such a good attitude, such a good heart to have when we're thinking about the gifts that God gives us. It says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And I think this scripture shows us three things that we need to bear in mind when we're thinking about gifts. The first thing is that it says each of you should use whatever gifts that you have received. That's each of you, not just some of you, but each of you should use the gifts that you have received you might have come here this morning feeling a little bit empty or a little bit low or like you haven't really got much to give, but you have a gift. Each of you has a gift, not just the older, more experienced people, not just the younger, more fresh-faced people, not just the men, not just the women, not just the people who are on staff. Everyone here has a gift. 
each of you has. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received. So you have a gift this morning. You might not have known that. That might be a bit of good news for you. You have a gift. The second thing that it shows us is it, it says each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. The whole reason why we have our gifts is to serve other people. That means our gifts aren't there to serve us. Our, we aren't giving gifts for our own fame or our own fortune or our own glory, but our gifts are given to us so that we can serve one another. That means that your gift isn't for you, and that might be bad news for you, but that's brilliant news for me because that means that your gift is for me. And our gifts are for each and every one of us. So let's bear that in mind. And the third thing that it shows us, it says, each of you should use whatever gift you receive to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Our gifts are given to us completely out of God's grace. We didn't earn them, we don't deserve them, but we are given these gifts completely out of God's love that he has for us. There is nothing that we can do to earn these gifts, there's nothing that we can do to impress God and then he thinks, so I might give you a gift now, you've impressed me. They are given purely out of his grace. And I think if we remember these things when we're talking about gifts, if we remember that we all have a gift, that they're there to serve other people, and that they're there purely through God's grace, then that gives us a really good framework and a really good way to think about the different gifts. So I thought maybe we'd just go through the list of some of the different gifts, that we'd recap some of the different gifts that God gives us as a church in order to grow and to flourish. And this isn't an exhaustive list. This isn't all of the gifts that are mentioned, but it's a few that are mentioned within the Bible. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, like I said at, at the start, our gifts are there for us to serve one another. Our gifts, therefore, is anything that we can do to encourage one another in our faith. So you might think of things that aren't on this list that you've been doing. That doesn't mean that's not a gift. Or you might be, have already been doing something and then you realise actually it's on the list and it's a gift. So win-win with that situation. So let's just, I'm going to go through the list. There's quite a few of them. They're in alphabetical order so you'll be able to follow along and work out how close to the end of the list we are. Um, but just as I read through them, maybe just listen with ears of, you know, does God want to show me anything here? Does God want to speak to me in any way here? Um, and let's, let's just see what God what God sparks in you. So here's a some of the gifts. The gifts of administration. There is a lot of administration that goes in to a Sunday morning. I'm so grateful for the people who've had gifts of administration. The gifts of apostleship. Gift of craftsmanship or creativity. Gift of discernment, which means being able to kind of judge a situation really well, what's right and what's wrong. Gifts of evangelism. Gifts of exhortation or encouragement. Gifts of faith. Gifts of giving. We've all just demonstrated that with the offering. Um, gifts of healing. Gifts of hospitality. That's a favorite gift of mine. Gift of intercession or being able to pray for people and spur people on. 
gifts of the word of knowledge, the gifts of leadership, gifts of mercy, gifts of miracles, gifts of being a pastor or a shepherd, gifts of prophecy, gifts of service, gifts of teaching, gifts of speaking in tongues and gift of interpreting tongues, and gifts of words of wisdom. And like I said, that's just a few of the gifts. And I think if we have those things here in this room, then we are equipped as a church to serve one another and to serve this community and to bring people closer to God. So maybe as I was reading through that, that might have sparked something within you. Maybe, and hopefully you realize that actually I do encourage people. I didn't realize that was even a gift. You know, there are things here, they don't have to be Obviously, they are spiritual gifts, but they don't have to be super spiritual in that you have to, you know, do anything special. You just have to put your arms around someone, and that is showing encouragement and the gift of encouragement. So there's some of the gifts, and that's, today isn't about telling you kind of what category you fit into, (laughs) or which box you fit into, or which one of those gifts you have or don't have. Today is just about starting the process and thinking, how might God want me to grow? How does God want me to serve other people? Practically, what gifts has he given me to be able to serve others? And so this morning, for the kind of the the second half that we've got of this message, I wanted to spend a bit of time talking about how we can learn to grow in our gifts. Um, And... To do this, I want to look at the life of David, and I, I love the Old Testament. I love that you can follow people's lives right from the start, right to the end, and it's documented what they did, how God brought them on, how God developed them, and that's something that God did hugely in David's life. And, you know, David wrote that psalm, so we've already heard from him earlier on. He wrote the psalm about being in a spacious place. Um, but David had a lot of gifts on his life. He had, he had the gift of leadership. He had the gift of faith. He had the gifts of creativity. There was a lot of gifting on his life. But, you know, he didn't just turn up fully formed as king of Israel, operating amazingly in all of his gifts. There was a process to it. There was a process that we get to see in the book of, two, uh, the book of Samuel. Um, of him growing and God giving him opportunities to grow in his gift, to use his gift. And that's what I want to look at just now. So there's a few things and a few points in David's life that I want to go back to that I think can help us and encourage us and give us somewhere to start when we're thinking about growing in our gifts. And the first point is don't despise small beginnings. Don't despise small beginnings. You know, we get to see David right at, well, the start of his life as a young teenager. Um, And the scripture that I'm going to share, it's when Samuel, who was chosen by God to come and anoint the next leader of Israel, um, Samuel's looking for the next leader of Israel. And he goes and visits the house of Jesse. And Jesse's got a lot of sons. Um, So 1 Samuel 16, verse 6 to 12, follows on from that. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab, who was the eldest son, 
and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his height, sorry, his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab, I think that's right, and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Then Jesse had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? Which I think is quite an awkward question to ask someone. Is this, is this it? Are these all of your sons? I don't think he took it too personally. He said, there, there is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending to the sheep. So he sent for, oh, Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. Cue awkward silence. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. To all intents and purposes and to anyone kind of standing outside and looking in at this situation, David was the least likely to be chosen by God to be the next leader of Israel. He was the youngest. He was the smallest. He wasn't even included in the lineup. That's how kind of insignificant he seemed and how unlikely it was that Samuel would come and choose him. And David could have taken that to heart. David could have said, do you know, actually, I'm, I'm not qualified enough for this. I'm not as big and strong as my older brothers. I'm not ready for this. I'm, I'm just the youngest. I don't really fit the bill here. He could have said no, but he didn't. However small or however unqualified he might have felt, he chose to accept God's call on his life. And he choose, chose to accept the gifts that God had given him. In Zechariah 4 verse 10, in the New Living Translation, it says, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Do not despise these small beginnings, because the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. I don't know about you, but I don't particularly rejoice to see the work begin. I rejoice to see work finished. But I don't really rejoice to see the work begin. And this scripture has encouraged me so much to think that actually God rejoices so much when we decide, I want to use this gift for you. I want to start to grow in this gift. God rejoices in that and that commitment to grow in him just as much as he rejoices in any fruit that it might produce. So God rejoices to see the work begin. He isn't afraid of the work. He isn't afraid of the process. He knows that there is going to take time for us to grow and time for us to develop within our gifts. And that doesn't put him off. He doesn't just give gifts to people who are ready and raring to go. He gives gifts to everyone and he rejoices to see the work begin. And, you know, I think the biggest thing that can be dangerous to us at, at that stage, at the very start of our gift or the very start when we feel like God's shown us a gift, what can really rob us is comparison and comparing that small 
kind of just hint of a gift that we're maybe exploring and think that God is asking us to pursue, comparing that to someone else's gift who they might have been functioning in that for a long time. And I just want to encourage you this morning that if you feel like God is asking you to use a gift or he might have placed a gift within you, please guard that. Don't compare it to other people. You are just in your own relationship with God, in your own lane with God, and you do your thing with that. Don't despise the fact that it might be small at the moment because God is rejoicing that that's even begun within you and he will keep rejoicing as you keep growing within it. So don't despise the small beginnings of your gift. However small, unpolished or unrefined your gift might feel, the Lord is rejoicing that the work has begun in you today. So don't despise small beginnings. The second thing that I think we can um, learn from David is to walk with God. And I'm going to explain that in a sec. Walk with God. And again, we've already heard this scripture this morning. I'm going to share Psalm 23. We heard this from Julie earlier on. And this is David writing um, about his relationship with God. And it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And here, David's using words like, he leads me, he guides me. That speaks that actually David spent time listening to God. He spent time following God. He has spent time on his relationship with God. And I think long before any of his gifts ever kind of bubbled to the surface enough for them to be seen publicly, David was working on his relationship with God and walking with God in the private times and in the unseen times. And I think that can be a bit of a, a dangerous thing with gifts. It's like our gifts sometimes are, are like the tip of the iceberg. So we can see people operating in their gifts. We can see people um, leading prayer meetings. We can see people leading worship. We can see people being great at hospitality. And we can see people being amazing encouragers. And we think that that's it. But we don't necessarily see the hours and days and weeks and months and years of relationship with God, of walking with God, of staying close to God that has gone on under the surface to get them to that point and to them to be able to be so fruitful within their gift. And, you know, just, just as a tree grows broad, we're talking about being broad, remember, as a tree goes broad, it has to have the root system to be able to compensate for that. A tree can't grow broad and tall and wide without a deep root system. Otherwise, it would just topple over. It wouldn't last. And we need to bear that in mind when we're thinking about our gifts. If we want our gifts to last, if we want our gifts to serve the church well, if we want our gifts to serve one another well and to grow within it, then we have to make sure that we're putting in that time in private, underground, with God, just you and him, spending quality time with him because he created you and he created your gift and he is the best person to prompt you and to guide you and to grow you in that so can I encourage you that gifts can be like the tip of the iceberg. 
but there is an awful lot of time spent walking with God that goes on under the surface. And you shouldn't be afraid of that because that's a beautiful process. But you should be aware that, you know, if we want gifts to last, we have to have that root system anchoring us in God. And that's what David demonstrated. So walk with God. Deepen your relationship with him. Spend time with the God who gave you those gifts in the first place and who can grow them and develop them within you. No moment in his presence is ever wasted. (laughs) You know, no time spent reading the Bible is wasted. It is all part of the process of those roots growing deep in him so that we can then grow broad and go big and grow wide as well. So don't despise small beginnings. Walk with God. And then the final thing that I think we can learn from David, well, we can learn lots of things from David, the final thing I'm going to talk about, um, is to grow one opportunity at a time. And we're going to follow David's story a little bit later on here. He's been selected by Samuel and he is serving the army um, of Israel. So he's serving King Saul at the time. And the Israelite army are fighting the Philistines and the Philistines have got this giant called Goliath. I'm sure we're all familiar with this story. And Saul is looking for someone to stand up and to fight Goliath. And David puts his hand up and says, I'll do it. And Saul is saying, don't be ridiculous. You are so small and so tiny that you will just don't even stand a chance but David doesn't give up and David puts his case forward and this is what we see in 1 Samuel 17 verse 34 to 37 says but David said to Saul your servant has been keeping his father's sheep when a lion or bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock I went after it and struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of those, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and then the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. And I love that David has the confidence to say, actually, God brought me through fighting with a a lion. He got me through that. And then he grew me and I ended up fighting a bear. And he got me through that. So naturally, I'm going to be able to fight a Philistine. (laughs) That is the logical next step here. Is that because he's brought me through the lion and the bear, the Philistine, God's going to bring me through it. And it it reminded me of that advert on telly. And I don't know if you've seen this, but um, the advert for the army where it says, it follows this guy along, and it says, um, if you can fix a board, you can fix a bike. Um, And if you can fix a bike, you can fix a car. And if you can fix a car, you can fix something, Mark 8, helicopter, or whatever it is. But it gives, it just, it reminds me of that. And I think that's a great attitude to have when it comes to our gift. It's just to take it one opportunity at a time, just to use your gift in the opportunity and the scenario and the situation that is in front of you right now And then when God brings you through that, because he will, when God brings you through that, to then move on to the next opportunity that is before you, and the next one, and the next one, and at each point to give glory to God, to thank God for bringing you through that, and using each opportunity as 
as a way of growing in your gifts. You know, we don't have to see the full picture of what God wants to do with our gifts. We don't have to know right from the start where he wants to take us, what he wants to do through us. And I think that's probably a good thing that actually we don't need to know all that because maybe we might be a bit intimidated if we knew actually what God could do through our gifts. We don't have to know the big picture. We just have to be faithful in the opportunity that is before us. So if you want to grow in your gift, just look at what opportunity is in front of you. What opportunity do I have today to grow in my gift of prayer? What opportunity do I have today to grow in my gift of encouragement or in my gift of healing? What opportunity do I have to grow in this gift? And at every point when you give glory to God, you will then be encouraged in yourself and you will know that when you face the next bigger challenge to use your gift, that God is going to bring you through that as well. So don't despise the small beginnings. Walk with God and take things just one opportunity at a time to grow within your gift. And kind of just to finish or come into a bit of an end, I want to share this scripture with you, Romans 12, verse 4 to 5. And Ben used this scripture last week, so I think it's a real key for us in this time and in this season. Uh, but I don't think that we can talk about gifts without going back to this scripture. It says, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. This scripture says that we don't all have the same function. It says that we have different functions, we have different abilities, and from that I take that we have different gifts. But each member, each gift is important. Each gift is crucial. If we all had the same gift of administration, then yes, we would be amazing at administrating and we would be a force to be reckoned with in that area, but we would also be lacking in so much more. We would be lacking in the pastors, we'd be lacking um, in the healers, we'd be lacking in the people who can speak prophetically. We need each and every gift. We need to have a variety of gifts. If we all have the same gift, we're seriously limited in what we can do. And also just to say that no one gift is more important than the other because we are one body. Your gift is my gift. And remember, your gift is there to serve me and to serve, well, not just to serve me, but to serve us all, to serve the church. So no one gift is more important. And it's really important to say that just because one gift might be more visible than another, that also doesn't mean that it's more important each and every gift is crucial and we need each and every gift we need each and every one of you as breathe new life we need your gift but like I said before if this isn't necessarily your home church the the church needs your gift as well so this morning I want to just encourage you that there is a spacious place here in God's house for you to grow broad. That you don't need to live with the restrictions that maybe stop you in your growth. 
but you can be free from that this morning. Free to grow in your gifts and free to grow broad. And like I said earlier on, this talking about gifts, it's not about labeling one another. I mean, I am speaking to myself here because I quite like a label. I find a lot of comfort in a label and knowing what box I fit in and having, yeah, a little name badge that says, this is me and this is what I do. I like that. I find comfort in that. But that's not what this morning is about. It's not about saying that you lot over here are going to be the teachers and you lot over here are going to be the pastors and you lot over there are going to be the encouragers. It's not about that. It's about letting the work begin about opening up your heart and saying to God, how can I serve people? How can I serve your church? Practically, how do you want me to do that? What gifts have you given me in order to do that? And like I said, this morning, maybe it's just about letting the work begin. We don't have to be a finished product. We don't have to be amazing at operating the gifts that we have when we start out, but we have to give God the process of going and growing in those gifts. So this morning is about letting the work begin. And I just wanted to finish this morning really just praying into that. So I'd I'd like to pray for you.